Hey guys, and welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, where I interview the absolute best health and wellness practitioners from across the globe to show you what they do so you can do it too. This is because, like you, I did not always feel that health was easy. I tried different diets, exercise plans, but often felt misled by an industry that really thrives on you not getting healthy and always spending money on the next new thing. Because of this, I'm getting bare naked on health and pulling back the curtain to show you that being truly healthy is simple. Wherever you are in your health journey, I want to show you that with minimal effort, you can get maximum results and do what you love. Play with your kids, go for a hike, and crush it in your business all while feeling great. To give a kickstart, I encourage you to go over to BarenakedHealthPodcast.com to access my calendar and schedule a 15-minute call so we can discuss what is your biggest struggle when it comes to maintaining your health. Remember that I'm a holistic lifestyle coach and that the show is really sponsored by you guys. Each of you that works with me that I am able to take on as a client helps me to be able to keep putting out these podcasts for free. So I just want to thank you, each of you, for your love and support. Hey guys, I'm your host, Nick Horowski, and welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, episode number 105. In today's episode, I interview strongman Kale Beck. Be sure to stick around for the end of the show to find out why Kale trains, what his hobbies are, as well as where he thinks the future of strongman is going. All right, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Bare Naked Health Podcast. On the line today, I have Kale Beck. Kale, first question I ask everybody who comes on the show is, Share with us uh, your health journey up to this point. Uh, my health journey, I think uh, with all my surgeries and everything, I don't know if it would be that healthy of a journey, but uh, as far <laughs> well, as still it starts it, out though. that way. Yeah, it's. Um, it, I think it's always funny how uh, health and fitness gets confused with sport and it's not the same thing. But anyways, uh, pretty much just growing up always was like the smallest kid you know, my class and you get that thing and you're, you're not really good at sports. So you're like, I just want to be big and strong one day. Like, you know, and I think, you know, I was born in what 80, you know, mid eighties. So it's, you know, there's a lot of like, you know, he man and it was, everything was like big, like, you know, there was, that was the kind of thing, you know, so it kind of forms it. Um, so just always want to get big and strong and just started lifting weights, you know, when I was a teenager, you know, it just got a little weight set, like I think my 15th birthday and started doing that. And you, you read uh, cover to cover Arnold's encyclopedia bodybuilding, that whole thing. And you're like, all right, this is fun. But, you know, I kind of like eating ice cream and it's hard <laughs> to gauge it. It's hard to gauge progress if you're not just like some genetic freak that like, you know, looks aesthetic right off the bat. So, you know, then you start finding out about the way to actually get bigger is to actually, you know, get stronger. You can't be like, you know, you can't just be repping 135 on the bench all for your whole life and get that look you want. So you, you look into some powerlifting and it just wasn't that, um, it just wasn't me. You know, it, I think there's like a different mindset that you have to have, like the attract, di you know, different kind of mind, how your, how your brain works, attracts you towards a different kind of sport with the strength sports. And I always watched uh, World's Strongest Man. I had, you know, pretty much all of them saved on my DVR. And I'd rewatch it, you know, back to the 80s and everything. And then I was, you know, 
scrounging around the internet on some message board one day and I ran across a, a post about a guy who was a lightweight pro strongman. And back then lightweight would be 231. I'm like, okay, well that actually seems attainable. And it talked about, you know, that there's an amateur federation and this would be back, um, you know, over 10 years ago. So the info was not out there and the sport one wasn't big. I'm like, okay, I could do that. And pretty much spent the rest of the the rest of the night just trying to find out whatever information I could on strongman and decide that's what I wanted to do. And through stubbornness or hard work, whatever you want to put it, you know, started training in that. And eventually I think I finally won my first show like six years into the sport and, uh, you know, did okay from there and, you know, kind of finally built up that base to be decent, um, at it and just been, uh, training ever since. And it was a passion of mine. And then we, uh, you know, started, uh, wanted to get more information on the sport so people could find it easier than I did. Cause it's like everyone kind of stumbled across it and wanted to put, um, the information out there in like one cohesive, like one single place, you know, well also, cause as an athlete, I started gaining some recognition and people would ask me the same question over and over. It's like, okay, I can't spend all my time. Like I have a job at that point. I had like a real job. So I can't spend all my time doing that. So I started putting it on my own athlete website, you know, so found a list of gyms and put some training information, how to do this event, how to do that on YouTube. And, you know, it, uh, kind of grew into, and then starting strongman grew, you know, it, it evolved past, uh, just having like a personal athlete website and starting strongman just kind of grew into, you know, what it is today. And, you know, now it's, uh, I think it's a, hard to argue it's not the number one resource for a strongman on the internet well i mean at the time we're recording this like the arnold just happened and i was actually looking at your website to get stuff rather than the arnold site because everything was just there and easier to find anyway right you know it's it's kind of funny when i look at it but um i googled over the weekend like 2017 arnold strongman results and starting strongman's up above Rogue and the Arnold <laughs> in the Google thing. Like it's their event, but that know, is awesome. it's, it's it's pretty cool to see, you know, just from you know, it pretty much just started as like I'm like, hey, I want to try to get people in the sport and that's still what we're doing and you know, just trying to get uh the information out there in like one easy to you know, one place instead of just scattered all over the internet and actually kind of report and now more so just report on the sport, like actual sport, you know, there needs to be people talking about it. That's what I do on, you know, my podcast is we just kind of break down what's going on in, in the world on strong talk, um, all the time. And that's been the goal. And it's, it's, it's fun to do. I don't know. It's when I look at it, like when I have to talk about how this whole thing started, it's kind of, cause there was no plan. Like this was the plan. It's just like, okay, this happened now. What should, you know, what else would, uh, be a good resource to help uh, the strongman community. And we keep adding things to, you know, the website and just kind of keep going. Well, w- share some of that stuff now, like what you're working on now, uh, what what's out there, but also what you have coming up in the future for even the website for resources for coaching that you do, and just even for the mm-hmm. podcast. Like any 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 big things to come here? Yeah the what the main thing in you know last year 2000. 16 what we did was we put a you know because obviously you know i was doing you know some remote coaching uh you know at first and then so we put a bigger emphasis back on providing coaching services because there's no way that you can uh 
you can help everyone with a video here and there, but you're really helping someone if you're actually instructing them one-on-one, helping them go, you know, compete in their, like we've taken athletes from, uh, you know, they're, they've never done a show to, they did their first novice show to they place in their novice show. So they have to move it up into the open category and, and novice is, it's going to be like, you know, your entry level, it's a little, uh, lower barrier of entry. And if you get top three in novice, you have to move to open, but you can, you can jump right to open if you have the ability, there's no reason. But anyways, and then to that, so then they, you know, place top three in an open show and qualify for nationals and go to nationals, like, you know, that whole step. And that's, what's really rewarding. Um, so we did a, you know, put a bigger emphasis on that. And it's of course not just me. I, I can't coach every strongman in the world. So, you know, been <laughs> building up a team of qualified coaches and athletes and, you know, friends I've met and knew their value, you know, that they're, you know, that, that they're good or, you know, probably even better than I am at coaching and, uh, just slowly been adding to that and building that up. And, and then from, and then we also offered a, you know, just a, a basic program, uh, you know, just like a training template on how to do strongman. If you have most of the basic implements at a cheaper option, cause you know, coaching is over a hundred dollars a month and not everyone can afford that, but I want to make an option that's affordable to everyone so you can you know help more people and that's $15 a month and that's all up on you know store.startingstrongman.com or strongmancoach.com um, even if you're looking at like just over 100 bucks a month like for actual coaching like you think of sure. a personal trainer i mean if you're getting 30 40 bucks a session that's cheap and that's two three times a week times how many oh. weeks like this is actually a very good deal even just thinking about it from that standpoint too yeah it's 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 funny how people value things like uh you know the, the same people that tell me like oh i can't afford coaching when you know after they send in the you know they can't afford the price then i, I see their same name come through to you know buy like a 250 dollars belt from my website which is great <laughs> I'm, I'm still getting the business but it's like i don't know i think you know having like uh, someone who's done the sport for over 10 years guiding you through it and answering all your questions is you know just two months of that and kind of structuring is going to be a have a better impact on uh, how you do in the sport than than any lifting straps or belt or whatever, or, you know, supplements for that matter. Talking about, I remember when I started, I'd spend three, $400 a month on supplements and that was, <laughs> you know, th- there's some things that work, but it's, it's funny, but you know, and so I, I try not to get too mad cause you know, I was that same, like, you know, 21 year old kid that would, that thought like that wall, you know, information and someone just telling me what to do. That's not going to help. I, I can figure that out for free which is true, but you know, what's your time worth? How long, how long did it take me? Take how 10 many years questions? to do it? Yeah. Yeah. When I could have just had, you know, hired someone back then and learned everything in, you know, a year or it would have just progressed that so much quicker. Um, but yeah, and then we did that. We have a, you know, a map of all the gyms. We have contests up there. We have articles. We have the podcast every week, strong talk podcast, uh, you know, number one strongman podcast on iTunes. And probably the only one, but that's uh, besides the point. <laughs> still, hey, it doesn't and, matter. You're still number one, right? <laughs> yeah, and we, you know, we try to, sh- you know, just put all the information out there on, you know, how to train and how to even, even if there's, there's a lot of people that are just a, uh, they don't even train strongman or anything, but they're just a fan of the sport. So we just want to have a way where they can interact and, and uh, you know, there's obviously the Facebook groups very active for starting strongman, but we also have a mobile app that has a forum and you can get all the articles there. You just, uh, you just go 
you know, search starting strongman in your app store and it's all there. Can't make it much easier for people. But one of the things I want to do coming up, I'm, I'm just not quite sure how to do it is, uh, I want to have like, a like, it's just a, like a database of athletes that athletes can, uh, update themselves with like all the shows they've done and, uh, kind of, so, you know, like, uh, um, like a Wikipedia almost for strongman in essence, in a way. Yeah. It's going to be some similar to that, but also like how some MMA sites have, uh, I, I hate talking about this stuff cause every time I talk about it, then I see someone else do it, but that's okay. I haven't been able to do it and I've had the idea for a year, but you know, just, just a place where, you know, people ask, because especially now that there's a, you know, all the, like people seem to be aware of, you know, the top 10 heavyweights for the most part, you know, in the, in the men's side, but now there's, you know, pro strong women. I competed as a lightweight, a 175. Um, so people don't really know who the, you know, like how do you find an information on who's the, you know, top 10, 175. Like if you're a guy like me, who's, you know, you know, five foot six or seven or however I woke up today and you know 180 something pounds you're like okay so I'm probably a lightweight how, how are you gonna you know people even if you're just starting you want to see like what the top is you know if it seems attainable even if it, it realistically isn't you know it's, it's good to have those goals um so I just want to have and then just get more exposure for the athletes like that and you see it like they have it for MMA like you can click on one name it shows every fight they've done how they won loss etc so it's gonna be a a big undertaking i think i have it kind of figured out i just need to pay someone to actually design it right <laughs> it's usually how it goes, always, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's hard it's hard to find though it's surprising so okay i want to go back even uh because you had said like with some of the injuries previously like what have you learned most about some of the injuries that you've had in the sport and how has that really helped you uh progress for yourself but also with coaching clients then too what i learned is um you can't you have to have patience you can't force anything that's number one uh i think one of the main problems i had with with strongman back then is when i when i started everything was kind of like based on powerlifting. then you do events on sunday or sat you know on, on the weekend because uh, the availability to implements wasn't as big as it is now. So that's kind of how it worked. Like, you know, everyone would just go and train their lifts. And especially back then, Westside was so big. And I think, you know, which, you know, like a conjugate system, we're using like max effort method and all that, which is, I think it can work. But I think, uh, you know, a lot of beginners mess it up and they just go too heavy all the time. Um so when you're doing that, so you're going to max out squats or deadlifts during the week, then you're going to do events at contest weight on the weekend. You're going to beat yourself up pretty quick, especially that there really wasn't a lightweight class, which is where I should. So I'm trying to do, you know, weights that are, you know, really heavy. And there definitely wasn't any novice classes in California back then. So you're just kind of trying to jump into everything too quick before, um, uh, you know, you've gained enough of a base to do so and just uh you know how i take it with my clients is there's stuff that doesn't seem like it has an impact right now but i know it's gonna help keep them healthy and kind of not bulletproof them but you know kind of builds everything up build a stabilization in the shoulders um build a you know uh balance between the legs a lot of single leg work which i never did and 
that kind of took everything, you know, it really changed everything for me and, uh, not forcing anything. Like I remember having this mindset, like when I did, like I got, like when I started, you know, to compete on that, you know, national level and being, you know, top 10 nationals and all that, you, you get in this mindset, have to go to nationals. Then you qualify for the Arnold. It's like, have to go to the Arnold, have to go to nationals. And then you're doing heavy shows here or there in between. And you're just kind of limping into each one. And you, um, you're, you're never actually like, if I look back, there was a two year stretch, at least a two year stretch there where I never actually trained. I never, I was just, uh, figuring out how to like survive in my training and modify it enough to make the next contest. I'm not actually building anything that whole time. And that's when, uh, you know, I started to decline and then just, you know, stopped competing after that for other reasons. But yeah, I think it's just having that just, re I think it's hard when you're in the middle of it and you're a high level athlete like that to look from the outside perspective and realize that there is always another contest. Um, you know, and I see it all the time. Like people say, oh, this, they, they look at the, you know, list of events and they're like, oh, this one's too light. You know, someone's going to pull 30 reps on the deadlift, this or that. And I'm like, well, but you know, and they're going after their pro card and it's like, well, don't do that show. Wait for the next one. You know, that that's more in line with, uh, how you feel is like a properly, uh, program contest. There's nothing wrong in that. If, if you're still an amateur and you're not a pro yet, then, you know, you, you can be selective in, uh, your contests and just because you qualified for nationals at some, at like a local show doesn't mean you're going to be ready for, you know, the, the weights could be 25% heavier. It's hard to get 25% stronger in, you know, four months. Um, <laughs> it, it just doesn't really happen. But I, I think that's the main thing is just, uh, you know, realizing patience and, I, I know I had the mindset where I had to accomplish whatever in my mind I thought I needed to accomplish to get to where I wanted back then. But just you need an off season. And, um, you know, in, when it's an amateur sport and there's now, you know, contests every weekend everywhere, um, it's up to you to self-regulate to have that off season. That's probably another reason why it's important to have a coach because you just have that outside perspective that you can trust. that's going to be like, nope, not doing this. And I've told clients, I'm like, I, you know, I can tell when, you know, they've done too many shows consecutively and they're starting to kind of, it's just, you're trying to keep them together and you're like, Hey, it's not smart to, uh, you know, if you want to do this, we, we need to do some boring stuff for a bit to kind of get you healthy and it's not fun. And you're going to, you're going to think, why are you paying me? And you know, a lot of, a lot of people do that and then they, uh, you, you get them to that point and that's not what they want to pay for. So they, they quit your service and hire someone else who's going to get them, get them ready. And that's fine. But, you know, I have to have integrity of a coach and, um, you know, it is my job to help them accomplish what their goals are. But sometimes, you know, it's also, you come from experience knowing that they're just kind of, they can be setting themselves up for failure sometimes. And, you know, there's, there's going to be another big contest somewhere. If you just took three months off, you know, you might miss this one, but you can do this one. It's just more of that, just being patient, actually having some planned breaks in between. Yeah, and it's one of those, if you look at the contest of events coming up for the rest of the year, I mean, you just have so many opportunities. I mean, yes, the Arnold's over for this point, but there's still nationals. There's still going to be all these other 
high level contest that, Hey, if you take the time and you're really prepping for it, you're going to be fine. Yeah. Not just that, but like, uh, uh, you start, I I look back and it's like, well, well, sometimes the contest, they, they think it's like a high level just cause the name, but like, you got to realize like for the majority of this, this is something that you're doing to enhance the rest of your life. It should be. And especially with social media and as an amateur athlete, I know I was at this point, you can get it where you're caught up and you feel like it's your whole existence and it's your whole identity. So then you start to feel like, I know I've had, I had these thoughts like when I quit, like, well, if I don't do this, everyone's going to forget and then I'm not even going to matter. And you have to realize, you know, going back to your whole life, if, if those people stop, caring about what you do because you haven't competed in six months or something then those people don't matter anyways if you're not getting as many likes on instagram or whatever like you know this is a hobby hobby something you're supposed to just go enjoy and then talk to your friends about but then if you get to a point where you're not talking to any of your friends or family you don't have any life and it's just you know you're just looking for the next thing then uh you know this is what i'm talking about when sport and fitness and stuff it can kind of get mixed on which is which is it's almost it can end up being a detriment uh to a life where it's taking more than it's giving you at some point so you have to take that into account so then for yourself now i mean speaking of the identity i'm curious like how do you and how have you almost like rectified that identity for yourself after getting out of the sport as a competitor and now just doing so much more like where is your identity placed now um I was just more into just growing a uh, business and helping with resources and, you know, just, uh, from what I learned and giving back. Cause it did give me like, when I say stuff like that, it kind of sounds like I'm talking negative on the sport, but I think, uh, you know, as you mature, you know, as a, as a man, as a person, you kind of have to have those points where you have to really strive to push yourself to, you know, get something like, you know, even if it seems arbitrary from everyone else, it's really important to you and just learning how to, uh, be, to put all of your focus into one thing with, and, and push and sacrifice to do that is a a life lesson, which will carry you, um, into everything else. So it's like that same mindset I had where this is all that matters and I'm all in, um, I can now put into business you know, and setting it up. So I have a decent life for my life, for my wife and, uh, you know, myself and then trying to help other and trying to help others. Um, I'm very fortunate in the fact that, you know, I obviously still have a place in the sport, in the community, um, whether, you know, it's, uh, but it's also fun. One of the, one of my goals too is, uh, I think it's important to have other hobbies outside of, uh, you know, just competing in something, um, you know, and other interests outside of that, you know, something you can, you can talk, uh, passionately about such as, well, I I love classic cars. I always have, that was my first obsession. Well, not first, I think dinosaurs when I was three or something, (laughs) but, um, you know, so I like doing that. Of course that, you know, I, I don't, I don't have Jay Leno money or anything, so it's kind of on the back burner at this point, but you just have to have other things that you're, you're passionate about. Um, and I, like I said, I think there's a, a point, there's, there's a time and a place to be fully focused on one thing as well. 
but then you, you need to come down and realize like, okay, what do I do? And what I'm doing now is, uh, kind of rethinking my whole training and getting back to like why I originally, um, trained in the first place before I started competing is how do I, um, you know, feel good, you know, look good and, and it complement the rest of my life, you know, and enjoy it and be healthy. Cause I know, you know, I kind of realize, you know, I'm in about to be 32 and you're like, you know, and you see people and you're like, okay, I want to, you, you got, you kind of realize that like everything I do now, every, every scratch that like, uh, I'm trying to build this body up. So it's able to do stuff when I'm old, you know, like every, every, like that's the point where I got it. Like I, I, I wanted to have a year where I didn't have a surgery and I was able to accomplish that last year, but I had a nice run of like three years where I'm having one a year and that's, that's not what you're supposed to do at your late twenties in my opinion. So, um, you know, and then the sport is a very much, there's not like any incentive as far as you're going to make a living as a lightweight at this point. It's one thing if, uh, you know, if I was a heavyweight pro and you know, it's, you know, oh, well you could go win 80 grand by winning the Arnold that, that might be, you know, there's the trade off, but that, that's what I do is just trying to, you know, pay, for, pay it forward. Sport did give me a lot. I mean, I, I have a job and a business because of it. Um, I was able, it gave me self-confidence that I know I didn't have and helped me mold myself into the, the person I, I am. I was always a very insecure kid, even up until, uh, my mid twenties, just for no real reason, just, uh, you know, just wasn't confident myself. And being, when you, you do something that no one said I could do like personally, even I remember some of my first, uh, times I went to like actual training group with, um, to do strongman, even, you know, when I, when I was just starting it out, um, like people would, uh, like I, I remember people are asking like, why is this person here? You know, cause you're not like the, you know, big Hulkin guy and you're, people ask you what your deadlift you're like, uh, 400 and people, you know, they kind of almost laugh at you. Not in the, that's the minority, right? But those are still, you know, people and that, that kind of attitude was kind of prevalent in the sport. And, uh, you know, so you, when you accomplish stuff like that, when people didn't think you could, it, it you know, it, it helps you, um, and by identifying yourself like, Oh, I am California strongest man or something. And then it can kind of, you can either take it the wrong way or it helps you, uh, grow as a person because then you go, well, I don't care what this person thinks. I know what I can do per myself. I've, I put it all out there and I've accomplished it. Or I tried as damn hard as I could and I failed. There's uh, something to be learned. There's there's life lessons to be learned by failing. You know, you have to if, if you've never done anything in life and you you've never pushed yourself and you put all in and you you haven't failed, then you don't really know. Like, there's a whole lot of stuff that you don't know about life. Then. Yeah, and, and that's uh, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, you got to keep pushing. You're gonna you're gonna fail more than you succeed. That that's how it goes, and it's all about the journey and how you got there. So that, that's how I look at it. Is that, you know it's still a it's still all about the journey and how do I help um you know other people get kind of be able to transition like I was like I always had a dream. I'm like okay, I'm really passionate about this. I wanna um I don't want to 
work at a job that all I want, all I think about is clocking out and how can I do as little work as possible to go home and do what I actually enjoy. I want to be in a field where I feel like I actually add value to the world. Um, so that's what I try to do now is, uh, you know, try to open up and help grow the exposure of all the other great athletes out there that people don't know about and hopefully keep expanding where you can have more and more coaches that are able to, you know, transition it to they're actually able to, you know, from all of their expertise and be able to, you know, do seminars and do all this and, you know, have a good client base that they can make a living off of and, or just, you know, or even if it's just simply that they're, they are able to, um, share what they know with the world, you know, through the articles or, or, you know, being on my podcast or whatever, just, I know, like I always thought I had this voice and I always wanted to get everything out. At this point, I feel like I've said everything I want to say. That's why I don't, I don't write that many articles myself anymore. Like what else could I possibly say? I think about sometimes, you know, I just, I've put out so many videos on YouTube and podcasts, just talking and talking like I am right now. But, um, I just want to let everyone else and give them a platform to, share their own voice. That's kind of what the goal is right now. Well, as far as, as far as some of the stuff that you've put out, is there anything that you feel is just, Hey, this is where you got to go. Check this out. Like two, three things. Like if people are looking kind of where to start with the sport, anything like that. Um, I think the main thing when people want to get in the sport, uh, of strongman or anything is, uh, put the time in and actually read, you know, if, if you have a question, it's out there, it's probably out there. It's probably answered. Um, so just go on starting strongman.com. Uh, we have the, if you look in, there's uh, even on my YouTube, uh, playlist, you know, it's just, um, starting strongman on YouTube. I got playlists for each event. Like there's a whole playlist called getting started and it's answering all those simple things. Like how do I get started? Where do I find a gym? Like, it's just, it's all out there if you look for it. Working on putting out an actual ebook um, on Starting Strongman, that's something I've been, I need to stop procrastinating on. So it's just that <laughs> putting, putting everything more into one place, that's the goal. That's one of the major goals for this year is to actually get that out. And I'm going to keep it affordable just because the main, you know, the main purpose of it is to, you know, have that actually have that answer when people say, Oh, so if you want every question answered on how to get started in the sport and progress in it, here you go. So I'm not going to price it too high, even though that that's the way to go. It'd be under $20. So no reason anyone shouldn't do that. Um, but yeah, just all of that information, you cannot spend the $20 and it's all on the website and everywhere else. If you just, but then you got to spend the time to look around and go here, go there. That's the difference. Um, but yeah, and you, uh, there's like a free 12 week program. If you sign up for our newsletter, if you go to startingstrongman.com slash free, we have some, a bunch of free material and that'll, uh, help you get started in the sport training for it. And I've even just checked out some of that. And like you said, that's an awesome place to start. Uh, if people are really curious about it, if they're not sure, Hey, what's going on? Uh, there's a lot to be had just in something as simple as that. Uh, and mm -hmm. yeah, it's really going to have a profound impact. But you have to take the time, you have to go through it, and you have to implement it too. Yeah, you, you, it's uh, it's interesting because I, I remember like, how old are you? Uh, thirty-one. Yeah, so we're like the same age. We kind of, you know, you, you have a you have a podcast, obviously, so you're probably somewhat techy. And when you know the 
you know, at least to some extent, you're probably cruising around the internet when people actually use forums and oh, doing all that, all that <laughs> stuff. So I was the same way. And I remember you had to like, I, like at that point, I was just amazed that you could, you could have the ability to look for information, right? It was wild when it first it started. Like, like I remember just, I just had some idea as a kid, like, I'm like, but people, people soup up lawnmowers and race them. And then I'd spend like two days just figuring all that out. And you pretty much build it in your head, like, okay, you get this part, then this person's. I was never going to race a damn lawnmower, but you just didn't even know stuff existed like that with the invention, you know, like when the internet kind of like became available and there was, act, you know, some more information was put on. I'm like, you know, I'm talking like pre Google, um, you know, and then eBay came about and you could just buy things from all over the world. And they didn't even like check that I was 14 back then. They're just like, click that you're 18 i'm like yeah i am you know there's yeah, no late 90s was just like the mid to late 90s there i remember yeah. like getting internet at home and it was just the wild wild west it was absolutely yeah. crazy exactly so yeah i was that's like all i did back then was just try to find information like that and that's how i found strongman is you don't have that same kind of thing but now everything's so easy and there's so much out there that they just i, I feel like people if they can't just get it they're just going to ask right before they look for information and it's a skill to be able to just actually find information on a subject that you're interested in. And you learn more by doing that. Like if you ask, you just ask a, you know, a random thing, like which it's fine to ask questions, but you have to take some accountability and, you know, take your own time and resources at some point. So that's the main thing is, you know, it, it, everything's out there. You just have to go out and find it. And, you know, you, you can't just, uh, message me for every single thought you have on facebook it's just i've said it it's out there <laughs> okay i'm curious where do you think uh just the sport of strongman is going at this point uh maybe for the lightweight categories if that's going to be different than some of the heavyweights um it's definitely growing there's a you saw you know at the arnold this past weekend they had the first like pro strongwoman side of it and you have to look I think people, again, they get caught and they just look into like uh, little bubbles that they had. Like, you know, they, they look at like the past six months and they expect it's always been like that. But if you look at, you, you take everything out, you, know, you, you look back a bit. You know, I competed when they had the first lightweight world championships at the Arnold, right? And that was 2013. That's not that long ago, um, really. So that was the first time they ever had that. Uh, and they added, um, I think lightweight women that year. Then they added heavyweight women the next year. And now, now they, every, pretty much every weight category is contested, you know, at, at some world level, there was last year, there was world's strongest man or world's strongest woman for, you know, every single weight class except for 80 kilos. And that's probably my fault because I was asked to run it and I just didn't feel like I had the. I didn't have the resources or the time to do it how I wanted. I, I feel like if someone's going to be the world's strongest man, it should be equivalent to how the the heavyweight men are contested. It shouldn't be in a parking lot somewhere. So, so is there anything on the horizon for that this year? I don't know. I, I haven't had that those talks at all. I think maybe those same opportunities aren't available if I want to do it, but maybe we'll see. It, it's a big undertaking, and you know, it's it's. But I'd like to do it just from at some. It's, it would almost be bittersweet if I promoted the first one when it was always my goal to do that, my compete in it. <laughs> um, but th like I'm, you know, with social media and, you know, the growth of stuff like CrossFit, 
um, getting more people interested in lifting weights at all. And I always like CrossFit's like a gateway drug in a way. Like people like get in, they like lifting, and then you find your flavor you like from there. You might like CrossFit. You're like, this is exactly what I like. And then some people are like, you know, I hate lifting heavy, but I like doing this gymnastic stuff, you know, doing body weight stuff and doing a little bit of running. So you kind of, you know, alter your training that way. Or I only like lifting heavy. I only want to, you know, squat and deadlift. And then you do powerlifting or you're like, you know, I want to kind of do something in between. And that's strong, man. It's like, uh, it's like, uh, you know, shorter, heavier CrossFit. Yeah, in, you know, in like, essence, uh, and, well, but different implements a lot of times too, I guess. Well, it's it, but it's the same as CrossFit in the way that nothing is standard like the other Absolutely. sports. There's like uh, they're really the most similar if you think about it. Yeah. It's a uh, you know it's going to vary. Equipment equipment's going to vary. Um, the judging's a little bit more lax. Where you know like if it's just like you can hitch a deadlift, etc. You you know where you you know there's more. It's where like weightlifting and powerlifting, it's very, we use these calibrated plates, this exact kind of bar, you know, and then, you know, like a CrossFit or, you know, CrossFit style competition, it's going to be like, okay, it's going to be these type of events, you know, there's going to be some sort of rhyme or reason and different um, modalities you're going to work in. Um, and the equipment's going to vary, how you do them is going to vary. And uh, you're also doing exercises for time where you're that's the same thing you're doing. You're doing like as many reps as possible as you can. And, you know, or as many, you know, in 10 minutes and strongman, it might be one, but it's still contested the same um, in the same way. Like, OK, do this, you know, carry four sandbags 50 feet, you know, and run back and then, you know, pull a sled or whatever. That could be an event you know, and do it in under 90 seconds, it's an event in Strongman. And, you know, you look at like when they do the sandbag and carry them up stadium stairs and then put it into a wheelbarrow and it's all very similar. It's just a lot shorter and hopefully heavier, but that's exactly why I don't do CrossFit. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You're like, that's, I do not, you're like, I can suffer for two minutes, but I don't want to suffer for 35. Then maybe you should try Strongman. (laughs) But it, you know, it's a it's a different energy system. But yeah, it's uh, it kind of there's a lot of similarities there, and that there is so many different skills, and there and and it can be anything. There's no set that like that's not a strongman event. People invent new ones all the time, and the same thing happens even if it's like people say they invent new ones, but it's just something that's adopted or something that hasn't been seen in two decades, and they kind of bring it back. And the same thing for CrossFit. It's like, oh, well, I'm really good. Now there's this new implement and everyone gets wrecked. Like what? They put a pegboard in there or something like, you know, that that same kind of stuff happens. There's new types of implements and they uh, present unique challenges. Like uh, let's take the Arnold this past weekend. A lot of the athletes in the amateur competition were complaining or stating that, um, you know, it was uh, heavier, which – I heard it was a little heavier than it was supposed to be, but I think the real thing was, is that as a new axle design where it has like little, instead of like just putting a clamp at the end, cause those always come loose when you're going overhead, they put, um, they put spacers, right. And then they bolt it down at the end. So there's no way with like Allen bolt, that thing's not coming loose. It's just not. Um, but the problem is an axle doesn't rotate and then, 
when you bolt something down, none of the weights are going to rotate on it. So it's fixed, right? Um, so people get used to when you're just putting standard plates or some tires and some clamps that the bar will at least rotate inside the plates. So it's going to be a lot harder to clean if it's, you know, 200 and something pounds and, uh, nothing rotates inside of the plates. You have to, you, you, it requires a tremendous, it's a different kind of form and a lot of forearm strength if it's a fixed axle compared to one where, you know, the axle at least rotate inside the plates. So it's like, that's a, a new challenge, but is it a new challenge when the first axle ever was just a, was a fixed train wheel? Like that's how it was. And then it went to this as people, you know, made it easier and more accessible that, you know, they kind of made it, but it's like, you know, the, so there's always a new challenge and that's why I think it's so important for new people in the sport to look back at the history of the sport. Cause I feel like a lot of new people are just getting into it, you know, from stuff like CrossFit. And then they try to do this competition and before they know that they're, you know, if they're a good athlete, especially, you know, in like, a one of the, you know, weight, weight classes that hasn't been around as long as like heavyweight men, they can rise up the ranks really quick. And, you know, there's people competing at like nationals now that I don't think have ever watched World's Strongest Man, which is crazy if you think about it. But it it's also just what go- I grew up watching. Like you talking about it before, like, all right, we're born in the mid 80s and like that was always on TV growing up. ESPN, yeah. everything. I could not wait for that to come out every year. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it's, it's not on TV as much in America now. And, you know, I don't think that there's, you know, that many, you know, 22 year old women that were watching it, they got into a strongman a different way, you know, not to say that they didn't, but you know, there's a likelihood that they didn't. Um, but that's why it kind of helps to go back. Like, you know, history repeats itself. So you go back, you kind of learn about this. You go, why, why are they cleaning that axle like that? They're like, Oh, the weights don't rotate, you know, and then you might not think, realize that that's going to help, uh, you now, but you know, down the road and you come to it, you know, like I said, looking at that axle and I saw that design, I'm like, that's not going to rotate. They, they got, they got to change their cleans and, but you know, and then it messed people up, but you have to be able to adapt. Okay. Going back to something you said before, like if you were to put on like the 80 kilo, uh, world's strongest man, it would be a little bit bittersweet because Hey, okay. You'd be running rather than being able to compete at it. Like, is, is there uh, any competitions on the horizon or what is your training? Cause you said it's more like, all right, you want to feel good. You want to look good, but you want it to complement the rest of your life. So what is that uh, maybe going forward for you? You're asking if I'm going to do any competitions or just what is your training uh, for right now? Like, are you, are you structured to do uh, anything specific or are you just doing it to, Hey, just stay strong and have fun. Um, my main goal right now is to, be able to post training videos without, without my shirt on again, you know, <laughs> and, and not care what, pe- you know, and not be embarrassed. That's the main goal, you know? Um, but really, no, it's honestly like I just starting, um, a business and then you kind of lose motivation there a bit when you aren't training for a goal, especially, um, also training for a weight class keeps you very disciplined yeah so um stopping all that you kind of let things get out of hand for a bit not that i like got crazy fat or anything but you know it's not the the same so i just i mainly just want to get leaner again and uh make my i just don't want my body to hurt um so 
focusing on a lot of mobility and just kind of doing like a, a bodybuilding style routine right now. Not even doing very heavy compound lifts even. I feel like once you've trained for a while, that's less important from, you know, hypertrophy perspective. Like, you know, uh, I, I don't feel like, I feel like very few people actually gain a considerable amount of muscle or strength if they like never built a base and doing deadlifts. But, you know, if you've deadlifted over three times your body weight in your life, you've probably already built up, built that up. And you're, you're you know, you can, uh, you put in the work that I can just do some, some, some bullshit workouts here and there. And, you know, and I'm, I'm, it's crazy. Cause it's like, uh, what it's doing, it's building my work capacity back up. I want to start adding in, um, some strongman events. And this is something I've been thinking about is, is how to, uh, structure, um, use strongman events to complement something's life and a training plan versus having a training plan that where the goal is to compete in the sport of strongman. Cause those are going to be different things. There's certain events, you know, w- when picking any exercise or any movement that you're adding in your own training, there's a risk versus reward. And you always have to know why I feel like, you know, people they'll watch like their favorite lifter or whatever, whatever, you know, whatever woman has the, the body that they want. Like, Oh, I want a butt like that. I see that girl doing this. So they're going to start doing that or whatever. And that's, that's okay, but you're, you're not going to get as far as if you actually understand exercise selection and you think of why it's like, um, you know, like even when, you know, like it, I interviewed Zajuna Savickas and, and he said he didn't invent, he's never even done the Z press. And then everyone kind of goes like, <laughs> Oh, the, you know, the, the Z press is obviously bullshit. He's never even done it. It's like, well, no, it's not bullshit, but you have to look at what his strengths and weaknesses are that exercise isn't going to help him. Um, if but you know, could it help you and that's, yeah, it it's, it's completely it. different. Yeah. And just because he does, uh, you know, uh, shoulder presses in the Smith machine makes perfect sense for his adrenus if you think about it. But if you're, you know, if you're just getting in the sport and you have no body control, the, the last thing you want to do is take the stabilization out of a movement and do it in the Smith machine. You haven't even learned how to brace and, uh, you know, control weight with your body yet. But, you know, he's been competing at World Strongest Man since 98 and he's damn near 400 pounds. You know, he, he need, all he needs to do at this point is find a way to overload his muscles in a safe way. And doing a Smith machine is probably going to be the easiest, the best way to do that. Because when you're starting to move those kind of weights, like he's doing like, what, 250 kilos or something he says he's doing in the Smith machine. Um, it's just the chances of injuries are so big. It's just going to be a little safer doing it that way. Um, but you know, but if you're just starting out and you don't know how to brace a weight overhead or even brace your body, the Z press is going to be perfect because you can't do it without doing that. You're going to fall backwards. So just think about exercise selection. Um, so yeah, I want to try to mold some stuff where you're doing some hypertrophy, some compound lifts and some of, uh, what I feel are the best strongman movements that anyone can add in their their training that's going to complement it. I'm going to try to structure a program like that right now. I'm, uh, just building up the base doing, and it's also, I'm fairly busy. It's hard to find the time. So I'm trying to find workouts I can do that don't kill me the next day. Like I know if I do like heavy deadlifts the next day, you have that fog really hard to write programming and talk to people for, you know, on podcasts and interview them and stuff. Like when you like wake up the next day and you have like bloodshot eyes and and all that, you know? So I, I just try to do like, you know, just, I call them easy workouts and it's kind of fun. It's like 
you know, I spent, spent like 10 years grinding my body into the dirt, um, lifting heavy and trying to compete. And you, you go in, you're like, oh, I just have a nice pump and I can just go for a walk now and it's fine. And, you know, got a little sweat and feel like I did something like, you know, it's, it's kind of a nice, like, uh, a uh, little change. But no, I'm actually very glad to hear you say that, Kel, because for me, like I'll do like work in exercises where that's just what it is. It's pumping my body, just getting to feel mm-hmm. good. Like you said, going out for a walk after just getting some sunshine, whatever it is, but you don't have to actually, you're probably not going to be able to just crush yourself every day. And like you said, have any longevity with the sport. Like you said, no. how many surgeries, I mean, all of this. And now looking back, you've learned that and you can help structure that. And that's where you get to pay it forward. As you said before, with your exactly. coaching, with everything. So that's awesome to hear though, too. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, it's exactly, uh, kind of, you, you look at like, you, you can take Zydrunas Savickas, who's probably the, the most, he's, arguably the strongest man of all time and has had a long career where there's a lot of people in strongman that rise to that, that level. Well, not a lot, but there's some, but you know, and they're really good for, I feel like you have a run for like that. Even to be at that upper echelon of person, you have like a a window where you can be like elite, right. And maybe make it to worlds. Um, and very few have that longevity where they can do it for 10 years. And I think there's a lot of factors in that, but like people are looking at his training, you know, he leans out in between shows. He has an actual off season. He's just doing them and he's not even, he's just doing pump work and everything. Cause he's built up that, that base, you know, he's doing stuff on machines. He's doing legs. He's just keeping his muscles big and strong and having that break from, you know, doing 700 kilo yoke walks, you know, like you can't do that year round and expect to stay in one piece. Yeah. He's, and he's, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Well, what he's doing is he's setting himself up so he knows that next time when he has eight weeks to prepare for the Arnold Classic, it's hopefully going to keep him on one piece. You know, it's, he's building, rebuilding everything. So it's just something to take. But uh, now I just I I don't really have any plans on competing. Any uh, there's even if I did, the way I look at it is there's a lot of steps I need to do first. So the first step is okay. I need to actually, you know, get back to. Uh, you know, like I'm about 200 pounds right now. I'd like to be about 185. So I need to do that before, you know, they'd even worry about competing at 175 again. You know, you get need to get like in fight shape or whatever you want to call it. And uh, just be able to have consistency in my training. Like uh, a lot of people, I, I tell them over and over, people go, oh, how do you diet? How do you work out? How do you do this? It's like, man, like you don't, if you don't have the consistency where you're actually at least somewhat implementing all those things constantly. If you're missing this or you're, you know, cheating on your diet here, like there's no, why are you asking what this exercise or that? You just need to go in, show up, um, live some sort of structure. Not, you know, you're not going to be perfect, but nothing happens before consistency. Nothing like you can't tweak anything until you're actually, you know, being consistent with your training, with your diet, anything that that's where I'm trying to be. I'm kind of talking to myself, like, you know, hey, you know, you might have a bunch of interviews to do today, but I gotta go sneak in and get some get something in there for thirty minutes so I, you know, stay on track. So we we're just talking about a lot of okay, heavy training, going crazy. Uh, what do you think, or what do you really even uh, coach your clients on as far as recovery goes, and how to best bring that into your life uh, when trying to train heavy? A lot of times. Um. 
I kind of sneak a lot of stuff in there. Like they don't realize that a lot of the movements I put in there are going to be, um, they're kind of rehab or prehab stuff, you know, and you, you, and you're building a balance, like doing single leg work, um, have some warm up drills, which I feel, you know, uh, but it, I put like them at before, like we'll do some single leg RDLs. We'll do some hip circle, stuff like that before a deadlift. And, uh, just, um, you know, planning deloads, you know, every usually four to six weeks depends on the athlete. So I do with, uh, either, um, you know, if an app, you know, the athletes, uh, either older or just really busy. They only train three days a week, which I find helps tremendously once they can get past the point of feeling like they need to do more. They make, you know, cause you're actually fresh for your workouts and, uh, you know, just have, and then also like not the main thing that I find helps is not going crazy, like not trying to test contest weights constantly. Like, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's, it's funny. Cause like they'll, uh, like, if, like, let's say you wanted to deadlift like 500 pounds at a powerlifting meet and you're signing up 12 weeks out. You're not on Saturday, um, that like next day going to go and deadlift 500 pounds in your training. But for some reason in strongman, um, that's the thing you see, not even just beginners, but I mean, you're talking They'll, they'll release the weights for nationals or something and it's in 12 or 16 weeks and you see these, you know, you know, high level people going out and they're like, oh, there's some new event and it's this heavy or it's like a, a new heavy and they're like testing it. Not so much on the stuff like the deadlift, but for like, let's say, you know, you have like a 700 pound yoke walk. Let's just go load up 700. Oh, I want to see how it feels. I want to see if I'm going to be ready. I'm like, you got 12 weeks. Let's progress to that point. Um, like the, the, the heavier you train in events like that, the harder it's going to be for recovery. And there's also nowhere to go if you're doing some sort of progression in your training. You have to leave your, yourself a, a window to go from there. So, you know, maybe let's uh, do some volume. Like, let's do 10 runs at 500 pounds or even 450 and kind of build it up like that. And, uh, you know, you're, you're going to get more overall. You're going to actually move more overall weight, which we all know, you know, volume equals that that's how you get better you, by being able to do something more often. You're able to practice the skill more and you're able to, you know, build more muscle by being able to actually do more volume overall. That's the main thing is just kind of regulating people themselves. But yeah, we, you know, do some, you know, basic stretching, mobility exercises. And we got, um, you know, some videos and, uh, articles that, you know, pretty much send all, you know, all my clients, like here's a shoulder warm up that I like. And, uh, we have some stuff on, we have a, a book on, it's, uh, on the website about mobility for strongman. Like here's, you know, a couple moves to do, uh, you know, before you're doing, uh, you know, a log press day, et cetera. And that's all, you know, up on the store. So you kind of just do some stuff like that, but you don't have to get too crazy with it. And I think the, the main thing is also knowing like when to kind of shut it down. Like, you know, we talked about earlier. And that's where it just comes down to, again, knowing your own body too. Like, yeah, you can have a coach, but you don't have to listen to a coach. You still have to be able to uh, put that consistency into play and listen to it every time when you know what you, you know what you need to do and you just have to do it then too. Yeah, it's especially um, important when we're talking, you know, how, you know, obviously all the, most of the coaching, you know, I've done in-person coaching before, but now it's, it's all remote and there's only, I'm not there 
with that person. And, you know, there's a lot of people doing online coaching or remote coaching, however you want to call it now and doing that. And I think it's a, a great way to do it. But you have to you have to remember that coach uh, that they're basing what you're going to do off of uh, what they the information they have. So if you're not providing them with any information, they're just kind of going off of basic um, you know, understanding of exercise science and on event selection and, uh, you know, how to progress from there. But you have to provide that feedback and you also have to remember, um, you know, training doesn't happen in a vacuum. Everything else in your life is going to affect, um, the training, you know, job stress, you woke up late, kids are, you know, kids are driving you crazy. Like you're not going to have an op like if you're having a hell week then you got to dial everything back like i don't know what the hell's going on in your day to day so you might just have to dial everything back 10% cuz that's that's how the you know we're you're, you're not a professional athlete like where you're waking up and everything's structured around your training so you kind of have to structure your training around your life cuz uh very important people can mix up with that and you have to remember like if for some reason like you just woke up and your back's tight and then and you feel like you should shut it down but your coach had you to program to go up to like you know a heavy three it's like yeah in theory how we're progressing it might have you might have been set up for a pr but just other things didn't happen go right this day so you might be like hey it wasn't this week let's let's so i just did this and let's uh try next week and my best clients are are the ones that are smart on adapting this and the ones I've worked with the longest that, you know, they, they, you kind of get it. You have to, cause it's different if someone's there going through your every motion and movement and helping you with it. But you know, you have to have the accountability yourself as well. That's what I'm saying. Let's go. A couple last questions in closing. Uh, one thing I always ask people is who would you want to hear on this podcast, but having a podcast yourself, who has been somebody that you, uh, maybe haven't been able to reach yet. I mean, you've had a bunch of people, like a bunch of high-level athletes, like talking about Zadrunas and whatnot, but who's somebody you would want to have on and uh, what is still something that you would really want to ask them or hear them talk about? Oh, it's tough. Um, you know, it, it's tough for me because even if I haven't had these people on my podcast, I've probably either been in a room or had some conver- some sort of conversation with pretty much everyone there is. So I like that's the thing, like, Zadrunas, I think, was the one, like, there's, now he's putting more information out there, but before I interviewed him, there's no, like, long, there's no sort of, there's not that much, he'd always get asked, um, you know, at Worlds, like, how was the event? It was good, I'm very happy, and that was, like, all you ever saw of Zadrunas, <laughs> it was, like, a mystery, like, how does this guy train? You, you'd hear things, like, it was such a mystery that, exercises were named after him that he didn't even ever do like people are just kind of guessing like oh i heard he did this and it was just translated wrong or or whatever um you know there just wasn't that information out there like i feel like you know like a lot of uh these other athletes like we'll take brian shaw you know we sell you know he has you know shaw strength we sell it on our website he has an ebook talking about his training i've you know, I've been to, I competed in the first show he did. Like I've been around him. I kind of, you know, I've heard him talk on, you know, other interviews and stuff. I, I feel like I have a good idea. You know, we want to get Bill Kazmaier on cause just cause he's a great guest. Um, you know, and that's, I just need, I need to give him a call. I've been, I've been, I, I got his number. He said he wanted to be on. I'm like, that's my fault. So, but you know, I've been to, I've talked to him now, like, you know, maybe five years ago and I've never heard anything that would be like that, but I, but I've, I've had conversations with him you know, 
personally and attended his seminars. So it's like I've heard that, but I want to share that same thing with the world. So I think the next one I'd be excited about would be um, Bill Kazmaier. I also want to interview uh, Martins Lisi because uh, he's I I've known him pretty much since he started in the sport. Uh, you know, he's also from California, and we've done some similar shows, and you know, been around and the progress he's made has been amazing, but he's like, I think people find they got a little glimpse of this at worlds. They, they did some good spotlights on him, at, um, with the broadcast, but he's very smart. He's an interesting dude. And just anything he says, I usually, I'll pretty much just, if once I finally get him on, I'll, I'll ask him like just little questions and he'll just go. And I know it's going to be just how he says things are is funny. Those are, those are the main ones I think, but it's just, I. I feel like I've heard everything that, not everything, but the majority of um, what people say. But I just want to, you know, like I said, let um, you know, have a uh, all all the listeners hear that same thing and kind of get more aware of who these people are. Besides, you know, someone who's walking with like a fifteen hundred pound yoke on the Arnold stage, like who actually is this? Is that person? You know, like uh, a little bit more about them. I love it. I love it. Look forward to uh, hearing those podcasts when they come out. Uh, Kale, in closing, uh, where can the listeners find out more about you, what you're doing, all the stuff you've talked about here? Uh, where's the best way to connect with you with all of that? Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, if, if you're already listening to a podcast, you're probably like me and you're a podcast person. So you just listen to them. So, you know, after you listen to this every week, just go listen to Strong Talk podcast. You find it on iTunes, you, wherever you're already listening. Um, startingstrongman.com, everything's there. We have, um, you know, we, we sell uh, pretty much anything you'd need to train for Strongman on our store at store.startingstrongman.com. And then uh, coaching, go to strongmancoach.com. And we also have um, training templates. If someone, if you, it's just basically ongoing training. It's not meant to peak you for a contest. that You'd want one-on-one coaching. But if you want a basic structure that's going to, you know, build up all the variables you need to be a successful athlete in Strongman, um, then you can uh, – you can uh, go there and it's only $15 a month or if you use the code STRONGTALK, it's $10 a month and that's at strongmanprogram.com. And of course, it's just starting Strongman across all social media and you can uh, find me at Kale Beck or let Kale lift on you know all those things, you know Instagram and Twitter and Snapchat, which I don't use anymore because Instagram stories and all those things. <laughs> Appreciate it. Well, Kale, excellent. This has been awesome uh, just getting to learn all, all about the what you do, uh, all the insights and everything. So really appreciate it. And uh, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget to head over to BarenakedHealthPodcast.com to check out the show notes for today's episode. While you're there, go to my calendar and schedule a 15-minute call so we can discuss what is your biggest struggle when it comes to maintaining your health. Remember that I'm a holistic lifestyle coach and the show is sponsored by you guys. Each of you that I work with helps me to be able to put out podcasts like this for free. So thanks again for your love and support. Finally, if the show has helped you out in any way, please head over to iTunes to give the Bare Naked Health Podcast a positive comment and five-star rating. This really goes a long way in getting the word out with how simple health can be and helping to share the podcast with others. So thank you. Mm-hmm.